On the morning of the shoot, my anxiety was through the roof. I made that exact journey into school I'd done thousands of times from my parents' house. I walked through the same gates, dodging, shouting children and pulling down the back of my skirt like I'd done almost every morning in my 20s. I entered the same building in which I'd once spent more hours than my own home. And it all felt exactly the same, but totally different. Hardly anything had changed, from the same slightly unloved plants to the same messages on the notice boards. But I was conscious of the production team following at my heels and seeing the curious expressions all around me, I realised I didn't belong here anymore. The familiar sound of students laughing and teachers shouting floated through the air, but instead of providing me with any comfort, it only added to my dread. In three years, I'd moved from an insider to a visitor, uneasy in the commotion of the corridor. I tried to distract myself by talking the team through some of the displays and pointing out where my old classroom used to be. But the entire time, my mind was frantically trying to work out how I'd teach a class when I'd forgotten the first thing about teaching. I searched for the exits when my ears picked up on something that I knew didn't sound quite right. I can't explain what it was that made me pause. No one else seemed to notice anything unusual, but my gut told me that something was wrong. Slowing down, I edged closer towards the offending classroom, just to ensure that my concerns were valid and I wasn't hallucinating from the insomnia of the night before. But one peek through the window, and my fears were confirmed. I pushed open the classroom door and was stunned by the scene unfolding in front of me. It was like a Renaissance painting, a full tableau of bad behaviour spreading from one side of the classroom to the other. At the far end, almost sheltering behind a desk, was a teacher who I didn't recognise, clearly knew from the deer in the headlights look on her face. A wrestling match was taking place a metre away from her. At a glance, it was hard to work out how many bodies were stuck together to form this mass of legs and arms, but I guessed at least five. To complete the picture, taking up the rest of the room, were close to 30 students standing on tables, some cheering, others filming and a couple of them just using the opportunity to jump from table to table in a heated round of the floor is lava. A voice boomed across the room. What on earth do you think you're doing? Get into your seats at once. My voice. For a moment, I wondered whether that had done the trick, or if I'd be treated like a supply teacher with no real authority. They didn't recognise me, I'd left before their year started, and the students seemed equally unsure about their next move but they could smell that I wasn't a novice and wasn't to be messed with in the way that teenagers always can. The air was still. I decided to step it up a gear and started scanning the room with sudden and vigorous deliberate head movements, periodically landing and then lingering on one randomly selected poor soul, as if I were looking for the chief culprit. After a few seconds of confusion and hesitation, the crowd began to slowly shift and disperse. I counted to 10 before moving on to my next trick, which I call the guinea pig. I picked a student whose only crime was moving slowly and feigning sarcastic surprise, which is always more disconcerting than the shouting, said, Darling, didn't you hear what I just said? And then bam, I hit the boy next to him with a snappy, What's that smile on your face about? Did I say something funny? Like puppets, the class settled into their seats, knowing it was best to avoid any accidental eye contact with this unstable bitch. Within the next 60 seconds, I had delegated a responsible-looking student to go and get the behaviour mentor and then sent a second student after her just in case. I had lectured the students on the gravity of the situation, highlighted the danger they had put everyone in 
foreshadowed potential consequences, even throwing in a bit of legal jargon for emphasis, and had everyone writing witness statements in silence. By now, their teacher had sunk into her chair with her hands in her lap and a look of resignation on her face. I knew exactly how she felt. Utter relief that she was no longer in the middle of a storm. A sense of awe that it was possible to impose some control on children in that state. Embarrassment at the thought she'd never be able to. And anxiety that the children wouldn't forget that someone else had to swoop in. I knew how she felt because I had been her just 10 years before. I caught her eye and we smiled at each other. I wish I could have said, it gets better, or next time someone throws a punch, take that whiteboard eraser and slam it down on the table so hard it shocks everyone into submission. I knew my coming in might have undermined her authority and she'd have to work even harder now to establish it. But that commanding presence wasn't something that could be learned by listening to a lecture or reading a book. She would figure it out for herself in the series of unfortunate events that took place in the classroom. Working out how to do that had taken me many stressful and chaotic months. Once the behaviour mentor arrived, I explained the situation to him in detail, and with a final apology to the poor classroom teacher for the disappointing behaviour of our students, turned around and swished out of the classroom. The film crew were in utter shock. I don't blame them. What they had witnessed was nothing short of possession, where my voice, my posture, my entire being had completely transformed within seconds. I didn't say a word, and they followed me to the class I now had to teach. I knew I could do it. 